and we're good and we're on we are live baby um very fun very cool welcome <laughs> welcome welcome um this is foh i'm lillian devane i'm kelly sullivan and this is uh, a service industry podcast unsure what that really means yeah at this moment sad to say sad to say we're not sure but um we're gonna keep uh variations on the theme as long as we can we're gonna keep on trucking yeah we're gonna uh ask grass or gas no one rides for free that's for damn sure (laughs) i'm sure i was like what other bumper sticker can i um yeah. Wow. Um, Kelly, how have you been? What are your service stories for yourself? Your <laughs> self-service stories? My self-service stories? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that I'm a little worried that I'm just becoming like numb to what is going on in reality at this point, because I'm just like, like many people, like, I'm just like, okay, the quarantine routine, like, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to like, read a little bit every day and get my steps in every day and like, da 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 da. And I'm worried that like, in some ways, I think it's healthy to fixate on those things so that you don't like, Go crazy. Mm-hmm. Go crazy. Yeah, exactly. But then in some ways I'm like, the, the stuff that makes you crazy is really happening. Yeah. I mean, you have to find a balance cause you can't just anxiety freak out all the time. And like, yeah, but that's like, that's the whole thing that we've all been trying to do is how to balance the horrors of the world with having like a, a life that you can enjoy. That's like the whole thing of it. And now it's just like times a million. Yeah. And obviously significantly different because we're isolated. So, I mean, that's why clinging to that stuff to me is like an, it's just a coping mechanism of like, that's why why I make a schedule every day. And that's why I think it's okay to be like, Here's my 30 minutes of reading, even though you feel like you're in a mental hospital, but yeah, but soon there's going to be some article that comes out. That's like, here's psychologically the best way to deal with it. And we're all going to read it. And then we're going to be like, cool. Got it. Got it. I'm going to do that. We're going to do that for three days and then we're going to revert back to nine hours of phone screen time a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine was at 11 the other day. Uh-oh, uh-oh. She's looking, pushing the envelope. She's pushing that envelope. Looking good for me. Um, yeah, but how are, how are you doing, uh, I don't know, otherwise? You're fine, I guess. All right. <laughs> how are you doing? Tearing up your home? Yeah, I've kind of... Um, I posted this on my Instagram, but, um, I had this impulse to, I saw a little, you know, those like, I have like a wooded, like a shitty wood cabinet in my apartment and under the sink, there's a little panel. And I was like, what if that panel 
actually was a drawer this whole time. And I just didn't know it. And then I just ripped it off with my bare hands. And obviously there's nothing behind it. It just is the sink. And I don't know how to get it back on. And I said to Kelly, (laughs) I think it's a psychological desire for like finding more space or like something new or like a, you know, um, but I don't know what I'm going to do because it looks like I have really been like effectively like a puppy, like chewing through my household, just like, yeah, ripping it up, trying to, you know, interact with my environment. I don't know, but been making a lot of good food. So that's not old yet for me. Yeah, that's nice. I don't know. I listened to some honky tonk music and made burgers last night. Kind of a vague, um, they don't, it's not really like a theme, but I was like, let's make it a theme. I think it works. That, that, that checks to me. And then I got sad because I was like, I miss the South. And it's like, it's like everything is like a grieving process now, not to be like dramatic about it, but you're like, one thing just makes you think of another thing. And then I was like, I, what if I never see my dad again? You know, it's like. Yeah. It's, it's hard because it's just, yeah. Everything you're like, wait, what if that was the last time I ever got to do that? But I didn't know. What if I never see my parents? It's like, it's very hard because. Yeah. There's no, like, that is just the truth of what's going on. And normally you have those thoughts and you're like, okay, you're, you're having a spiral right now. Like you can be like, this is logically not likely to happen. Like da, 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 and talk yourself off the ledge. But right now it's like, no, that's true. We're all just living on that, on the ledge. The ledge is our home. The ledge is our home. (laughs) Yeah. I hate it. Um, and then on top of everything, we all are like mired, those of us who have lost our jobs, mired in like unemployment, fucking nightmare garbage. I finally looks like I might have money coming to me, which is a real blessing. Nice. I've been putting off calling the, um, healthcare, like switchboard, whatever. Yeah which I have to do this week because my deadline, because I initiated the process, my deadline is April 11th. Like once you start the process, they give you a deadline to complete it. So my, mine is April 11th, even though blah, 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 it's open till April 14th or whatever, 15th. But mine is April 11th. So I really have to figure that out next week because that is next Monday. Fuck, I have to do that too. I want free pills really bad. Or whatever, next Friday or something. Anyway, it's coming up soon. That sucks. Fuck, okay. Yeah. I gotta do that. Um, yeah. And there's no excuses because I really do have the time. Um, I know that's the shitty thing is you can't be like, oh, well, I was just too busy today. I mean, I haven't checked off writing my journal yet, so I am really busy today. I don't know when I'm going to get it done. Um, okay. So. Topic. On to our topic. You sent me this eater. Mm-hmm. And bravo for even reading eater. I haven't even thought about. Did this come uh-huh. up here on Twitter on the TL? Uh, no, I think I was on eater. Oh, I was looking at that 
article that I sent you, the eaters staff did their favorite smitten kitchen recipes. Right. And this popped up. And this popped up. Basically, Lillian and I both love smitten kitchen. We've talked about it <laughs> on the pod. Loyal listeners know. But uh and then the eater staff said we're they eat they each named their favorite smitten kitchen recipe. And I was like, that's so cute. Yeah. I sent I, that to Lillian. She said that to me and then I said I I was angry about it. And then I was like, why am I feeling angry about it? And I was like, I'm just jealous of the eater staff for, I don't getting this assignment. I don't know. My head is like, <laughs> doesn't make nothing. No, makes. it's, it's crazy. It's also just like, it's <laughs> the, like, it's also that every anxiety now, which is true of like my normal life, but it's so underscored right now is like, I'm like, there's no money. There's, I don't have money anymore. This is not a reality for me anymore. So it's like, we were just talking about before we started recording this, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay in New York because it's like when this whole thing lifts, then it's going to be a recession. Everyone knows how that affects restaurants. Like, it's like, can I stay in New York? It's like the money. So I think I'm jealous too of just anyone who's earning any money right now. I'm like, that must be cool. That must be fucking cool. I mean, we'll, we can start um, like a warehouse industry podcast, which is where we'll be <laughs> working after all of this. <laughs> yeah, let's get an Amazon warehouse industry podcast. <laughs> Until I get crushed by a forklift. Um, <laughs> and then Amazon is like, well, Lillian was never the smartest. <laughs> oh my god i know we might as well milk this for as long as we can because we're not gonna have jobs for like (laughs) don't know question mark yeah literally um Um, and then you and then after they announced that they're like lillian got crushed by a forklift but it's okay she's a dumbass and then i come out with like a gun to my head and i'm like lillian was a dumbass (laughs) i'm like they're right and then some listener will go back to one of our Patreons where we talked about MK Ultra, and they're going to be like, wait a fuck. And then they're going to start a podcast. They're going to start a podcast about all of this and the cover up and you getting intimidated into lying. Guys, we're counting on you. Okay, please pay attention to all of the subtle little hints we're dropping in this. Everything means something else. You're not wrong. When my eyes glaze over, it's the moment, <laughs> like the programming, like, you know. Okay, but until then, um, <laughs> we'll podcast. So we read this article. It's called "The Private Chefs Risking Their Lives to Feed the Super Rich" by Jonathan Kaufman. Illustration by Carolyn Feigl, which you guys can't see, but is nice. It's, it's a good. I liked this illustration. <laughs> I like saving the illustrations for the articles that we read. Let's keep doing that. (laughs) You know what? Good work, Carolyn. Carolyn, I could see very clearly what you were going for here. And I like it. And I love Um, it. So this is um, like a horrifying aspect of people. These are people I'm not jealous of who are still making money is private in-home chefs who 
are either not working or still working because the rich families that they work for are like, we don't know how to eat. Yeah. So there's, what I understood is that there's basically two basic levels to this job. One is the gig personal chef. Yeah. Which you can get online. Like they have, they have services and companies that like send out chefs to families, match you up, whatever. And then for like events or whatever. And then there's like the deep personal shifts to the like billionaire families who've been probably cooking for them for like a decade. Like there was one that said, this guy cooks for Midwestern billionaires. And I was like, is it the cops, the cooks? The co- <laughs> K-O-C-H. You can pronounce that a lot of ways. K-O-C-H. Sure. No, it's true. Because if you say cocks, you're like, that's the Coke. The Coke, the Coke industries. But anyway, those guys live in the Midwest and they are billionaires. I thought it might be the Cokes. What about, what's his name? Ted Turner. <laughs> uh, Ted Turner, he's a good guy. That's what they say. That's what they say. He's um, not trying to force these people to quarantine with him. Well, maybe his wife is. Okay. Blame women, Tina. my new hashtag. <laughs> Tina Turner, let it be known. Let's start this rumor. <laughs> let it be known that Ted, <laughs> Ted Turner and Turner are married. <laughs> I thought everybody knew that. It's like one of the Twitter threads. Okay, guys. Listen up. <laughs> okay, anyways. So... So those um, those two categories of chefs are facing similar problems, but with some some differences for sure. But the the main thing that is obviously the most horrifying are just like the realization of these people being like, "No, sorry, we need you to come in and still cook for us." And there was a description in the very beginning of someone saying. Um, like a quote of their employer. The only people who are coming and going are myself, the housekeeper, the house manager, the dog walker, the dog trainer, and themselves. So (laughs) obviously none of these people. Like literally a dozen people. You just described at least 10 people. So it's also just so crazy to me because I'm like, I mean, I guess it's another aspect of just like the rich believing themselves to be infallible because a lot, they are essentially like they, they, they're so they can't be harmed in the same way we can. That's just like the truth of it. But they're yeah. just, so not only are they putting their employees at at risk, which is you know you could guess that, but they're also putting their own family at risk, and that's why I'm just like this is so crazy to me. Yeah, but I think it's also that like they're not fully, th- they're not like thinking it through because everything like we talk about invisible labor a lot, but everything is invisible labor to like super wealthy people because they just straight up don't know. Right. Like these people were talking about, like they are like, okay, so you'll just bring us the food. Like that's like a one, (laughs) that's one thing. Like you just bring us the food. And then they're like, well, I have to go to multiple grocery stores. Every time I'm in a grocery store, I'm exposed to more and more like more and more people and these people and they're exposed... And so it's like, it's literally that they do think they're like, well, it's a dozen people, but they don't understand that it's like, that's each of those dozen people interacts with. It's like they've never been in health class in 1997. You got to know you sleep with one person, that person slept with two people. One of those people slept, you know, and on and on. And then you got gonorrhea. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
and it hurts when you pee. And that's going to be, that's going to sting. And um, that's gonna... <laughs> yeah, it's just that these, like, these people are so, like, so insulated from harm that they literally can't understand what is throwing them in harm's way. Right. And it's like, in a way, it's, I don't know. It's not funny, but I'm just like, it, it just, once again, rich people are so fucking dumb without exception. Yeah, without so exception. So they're fucking good. dumb. And, and then they're like, they're like, oh, we want you to like move in with, why don't you just move in with us? And it's like, why don't I just like in the middle of a crisis where you don't know what you're, I'm sure they have no idea what their employees like family is like, like, I'm sure they have, don't give a fuck. So they're like, just move in with us and cook for us like 24 hours a day and be a living servant. And these people are like, I don't really want to do that. Like, what about you give me paid time off? Yeah. I think that like, Yes, that's what they're saying. They're like, you just quarantine with us and then we're all like exposed to the same like risk factors. Of course, thinking that like, it's it's the the like, the selfishness of thinking like, well, of course they would, why wouldn't they do that? Not like people right. have families and lives and also just a home, like whether there those even play in the family factor it's like i don't want to leave my home no it's so disgusting and crazy to ask somebody to do that unless you're like offering them a way out of a situation that is dangerous but you know that that's not what they're doing no it's not like like i'm sure we've all read that like instances of domestic and child abuse are going up during quarantine I don't think these are people who are like, I'm, I'm concerned that that might happen to you. If you're, if you need a safe Harbor, please yeah. stay with us. No, of course not. Um, and then again, it's this thing that we keep coming, you know, in contact with of, of people who are like, do I work and risk my health or do I not work and not have money? And that's like, obviously just such a fucked up thing to choose between. And like, is the reason why this is all falling apart. Um, and by this, I mean our entire country, but, um, (laughs) but then it's just, but it's this thing. And then to put it, and it's like, not even like they're working, they're not healthcare workers. They're not fucking grocery store workers. They're not, they're, they're personally making fucking whatever the fuck rich people eat for dinner. It's like, that's what they're risking their fucking lives for. It's like so disgusting. It's crazy. And and then these, um, the, what you were referencing earlier, the like kind of individual, not like you work for a family, but you work for like a meal or a day or whatever, like the people who are hired out, they said those services and those websites are advertising on like culinary agents or on Craigslist or on like, oh, did you lose your job, um, working in a restaurant? well, here's what you can do to protect your career is, which is so exploitative. And they were talking to this guy who runs like the association of personal at home chefs or whatever. And he was like, well, this is considered essential work. It's like to use the language of essential work and to use that, like what should be like a protected class of work and mean that we like pay those people more, provide healthcare, provide childcare, provide protection to those people. 
to use that to say like, let's get poor people in the homes of rich people, like serving rich people is so despicable. Yes. Uh, yes. And that's like what we're seeing so much of right now, but this is like such an interesting specific example, but it's insidious. It's just, it's, it's awful. It's really it's awful. Crazy. And then I was also reading, this one is just a, like slightly more, it's like so absurd that it becomes it's so heightened. We were reading about um, a couple, this is in the Times. And it was, the article is, they were the last couple in paradise. Now their resort life continues. And it's about this South African couple who of was in course. the Mars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all know what that means. Um, and they were in the Maldives for their um, honeymoon. Mm. Which also, it was like, they got married on March 22nd and they flew to the Maldives thinking that they would be okay. I was like, are you goddamn delusional? Mm -mm. By March 22nd, I had already been home for at least 10 days, probably 10 days of quarantine. Crazy. Um, And then, so what they were saying is they found out basically with like 12 hours notice that South Africa was going to close all its airports so that no one could come or go. And it takes longer than that to get from like the Maldives are obviously like, it's a a chain of islands. It's not like a central. So like they couldn't get home in time. So they just had to stay at this resort that they were at. And then the staff couldn't, because the Maldives, their regulation is that the staff has to go of any resort has to undergo a two week quarantine after the last guests leaves. Fuck. So none of the staff could go. So they were like, this is like a passage from it at breakfast, nine waiters loiter by the table Hostesses, bussers, and assorted chefs circulate conspicuously like commoners near a celebrity. The couple has a designated server, but others still come by to chat during meals, topping off water glasses after each sip, offering drinks even though brimming cocktails stand full in, view, in full view, perspiring. The diving instructor pleads with them to go snorkeling whenever they pass by him. Which that, is like... That is the darkest thing I've ever read. It's crazy. So like the staff couldn't leave. So it's like also that, that it's like, it's the same thing that like we're talking about is like, what do you cling to in like this heightened, like such an insecure moment? So you're just like, I'm just going to like keep doing my job, but it's just this one couple. So you're like, eh, and a more, and another coffee. That Everything. is so crazy. It's nuts. Wow. I would be like, okay, at dawn we rise. We're leaving these fuckers here to rot. Oh my God. Of course. They're Audi. Of course. Like the idea of, I mean, it's crazy. I would just kill those two people. Yeah. You gotta gotta go ahead and murder. Plus their accent, CD freaky, like, fuck, no, they must be in their torture chamber, basically, with these people. Oh, my God. Disgusting. Horrifying. Yeah. 
that's that's terrible did you also i didn't fully read this because it made me too sad but a couple weeks ago there is this uh advertisement by this like some shithead fucking party dude who's like trying to create this um like covid free like lifestyle i thought about it but i didn't yeah basically like everyone has to get tested before they go into these like high walled like security guarded areas and then like if you're like in you have to pay like thousands and thousands whatever of dollars. and then all yeah. of these rich people who don't have the fucking dirty poor people disease get to go inside and like i don't know fuck each other and like play foosball i don't know what they would do but um we're going to be seeing some really fucked up King shit. And I don't mean King in a good way. I mean like evil King shit, not go off, King. not go off King shit, but like I'm going to murder the poor people. King shit. It's like going to be, it's something that, and I think we start, we talked about this at the very beginning. There were some restaurants in the city when restaurants were still open that were like, Oh, we're just taking everyone's temperatures before service. Like to normalize that level of biosurveillance for just working, for just like it's like because that's what they're gonna have to do to keep a staff in like such a like in a COVID free zone. Like you're just testing your staff daily. Well, what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to get an army of people who are asymptomatic carriers. Yeah. And we're going to have to give it one of them $25,000. Yes. They go into the inner sanctum and the rest is history. It's like that Poe story that you were reading. Oh, sure. That we all have been referencing the mask of the red death. Can't escape it. Okay. And that is a promise. That's a promise, baby. The thing is, it's like all these rich people think there's a way of isolating themselves. They genuinely do think that, but it's like you're rich on the back of poor people, so you will never be able to get away. It's a parasitic relationship. You will never be able to get away from poor people because without poor people, your wealth, that doesn't mean anything. Exactly. And you, you have no internal It's like value. you... It's like you made it from us and we have to be there around you for you to continue to live and your life. And for it to have any meaning. Like yeah. what does so, it mean? Like $3 million or whatever or $3 billion doesn't mean anything unless you can pay people to work for you. Right. It's just a That's what I always say about my wealth. Yeah. I tell my landlord, it just doesn't mean anything. that I do. It, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Don't worry about it. I really need them to figure this rent stuff out. I still haven't paid rent. I'm thinking that the next step is just if they don't pass anything, just go to my landlord and say, we're paying half. We can only pay half. That's, we're sending a letter in, because uh, I am not. I don't usually pay until the 15th anyway, so we're sending a letter in with saying we'll pay half for this month. I'm hoping for May they're like, they, they'll pass something by May. God hope so. Or there's like an actual organized rent strike. I'm like, can these DSA motherfuckers figure something out that's useful? Can you guys please do? Oh my God. Rose Twitter. What the fuck have you been doing for the last? Get off Rose Twitter and fucking call some people. I don't know. Just get it together. 
you you guys don't have anything else to do, okay? Oh my god! And now, like, you're not trying to get laid with each other, so just do yeah. something. Help me out, please. Um, god, annoying. Um, if only I had done something besides every day be like, I fucking hate the DSA. If I had <laughs> learned about organizing or theory or any of that kind of stuff, instead of just being like, those guys walk and talk. I did so many DSA stand-up benefits and I just like ripped on them the whole time. They loved it. So, you know. Because they're all MF and cucks. Yeah, that's real. Um, I was like, y'all need to iron your damn pants, okay? You know, just okay. <laughs> anyways, um, <clears throat> the last yeah, thing they I mean, did was organize those break like clinics and then they just cashed out left. God damn it. God damn it, guys. Yeah. I mean, it is also, you know, I mean, I do actually jokes aside about us not having anything to talk about. I do think that there is going to be a lot to talk about whether we want to or not is the real question, but, um, but there, it's going to be weird. And I think, I think what's going to be really crazy is I think that back of house will have jobs way before front of house has. For any, sure. Like we're not going to, there's going to be nothing for us probably this year in New York. And, but back of house can be relatively easily employed. I think. Um, and it already is more so. Than yeah. Front of house. That's I'm true. Not, and- I think that um, psalms are also going to be sure, like really valuable, and and that is going to move over to like wine curation and like I know that already exists, but I think that's going to become much more prevalent, yeah, um, than it is right now. Well, the wine—that's what everyone's saying—is the wine business is booming. Yeah, so we got to hop on that, I guess. Fuck. All right. Um, okay, let's do a couple. I think we have a couple new Patreon subscribers. Okay, hell yeah. Um, uh, maybe just one, actually. No, sorry. Fuck. We have Rosa. Rosa. Thank you so much. $5 Patreon from Rosa, which we love, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know that there was another one that I think I accidentally moved into a, another folder. Ah, Kenneth. Thanks, Kenneth. Kenneth, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. $10 patron from Kenneth. You get the but- whole freaking tamale, buddy. Hell yeah. Um, Freeze. Now weekly newsletters where it's just increasingly evident that we're losing it. Um, That's right. A couple alien podcasts here and there. You're going to really. You're going to dig it. You're going to like the way you look. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, this one felt more normal than the other ones have, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, you guys can tell us if you. Sound off in the comments. (laughs) Sound off in the comments if this feels better. Um, and if you are working as a private chef, please, please inform us. Yeah. Give us some dispatches from the front. Also, I, everyone was saying that we should talk to you guys about how everyone's feeling, what everyone's experiences was, was, and were, 
with their bosses, with their workplace, what's going on. If you do want to tell us how it went down at your place, if your boss was bad, if your boss was good, um, what you're doing for money, whatever you want, you can email us at thefohpod at gmail. If you don't want to talk to us, I don't really care. It was a suggestion. So, Yep. I have Pete Wells' phone number now, so I can also give you his number if you want to text him about it. What? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me you have Pete Wells' number? <laughs> yeah, I'll give it to you. No, I obviously don't want that because <laughs> I drink a bottle of wine a day now. <laughs> Drunk dial. I said now. I said now like I didn't always. I actually drink half a bottle of wine now, so... Anyways, no, because he wanted to talk to you guys about the thing, about the Irish nonprofit. Yeah, that's right. Do you talk to him on the phone? I think Seamus did. You blew it, dude. (laughs) You should have been like, what's up? By the way, are you wearing your FOH shirt? That's me. Oh, yeah, probably. I'll text him. (laughs) I, Dude, I double frickin' dog dare you to text him. Well, as I said, I told you I'm going to have some margs tonight, so maybe. I don't trust you to do the right thing. Um. (laughs) I know. Listen, I know. I know that's true. That's one thing that hasn't changed. Maybe I can do a tutorial on how to make an Amish rag rug when we're all done with this. Would you like that? (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm going to have so many ugly rugs when this is over. It's going to be chill as hell. All right. Well, um, we're going to end this recording now, but continue (laughs) on our Zoom meeting. You guys aren't able to hear what we're going to talk about next, but we love you. We love you. And thanks for listening, and we hope that you're doing okay. Yep. Stay healthy. Bye-bye.